Hello and welcome to Red Couch Manx. I'm Vivek Jacob, joined by Carl Mascarenas, and today we are breaking down Manchester United's 2-1 win away to PSG. Bruno Fernandes, 23rd minute penalty. Martial had an own goal in the 55th minute, but then Marcus Rashford wins it in the 87th. Another famous night for Ole in Paris. Carl? Hey, Vivek. Uh Good to be here again. It's a, it's a nice nice way to start the podcast. If I'm being honest, a little surprised that we came up with a victory in Paris uh, after the way we started the season. Uh, all I got to say is Marcus Rashford loves playing in Paris. <laughs> what did you think of uh, what did you think of the way the game went? I th- I, th- I think it went better than I could have expected. I think looking at the formation and United looking like they were going with that sort of 5-3-2 and really having protection on those wings because you have to be wary of Di Maria's threat. You have to be wary of Mbappe's threat. And obviously there's Neymar as well. So, you know, I thought I thought it might have been... I, w- I was okay with the formation, but I thought maybe they were lacking another creator. I think to have Bruno as a creator, I was a little doubtful of that. But the way... Fred performed, and then Scott McTominay did a job, and then the entire back five. Yeah, I have, I have nothing but praise. What about you? Yeah, that was, you know, actually when the lineups were first announced, I looked at it and I was like, man, we look awfully defensive right now with you know Fred and Scott, and then you had the three center backs. Uh, so I was I was expecting wave after wave from PSG and us just trying to get something on the counterattack, but mm-hmm. that's not how the game played at all. I know in our last episode, uh, we were a little critical of Fred and Scott for not having that forward ball that they could play quick enough. Uh, no such issues here. This was fantastic. I think the way uh, we we held on to possession and then broke. Uh, was extremely impressive. Uh, Bruno was instrumental in a lot of those forward passes, but you also got to give credit to to both Marcus and Martial. Uh, some of the the runs that they were making, especially Martial, he was slashing across uh, and giving those options, and that's kind of how we got the first goal. Right, he 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 got into a good position with his back to goal, and then there was a nice pass played into him. He had a nice little swivel, uh, a really uh, boneheaded tackle from uh, Diallo. Uh, I'm not sure what he was thinking of over there. Uh, Martial wasn't going to go into uh, a dangerous position right off the turn. So um, I was extremely pleased with our mentality and the start. Um, before we even get into just breaking down uh, how we played, uh, I have to give a shout out to to our manager, Ole. Uh, he's coming for a lot of criticism, but I thought the way he he planned for this game the the way the the players were lined up and the mentality was spot on. Uh, what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean he he seems to be a big game manager, right? It's you you look at his history at United. It seems to be those mid tier clubs that present the most problems to him. And maybe again that fits into his counter attacking style, where now these big teams want to set the tempo and attack, and so it plays right into his hands. And again, going with the five back. You look at uh, Harry Maguire missing today. Obviously, we talked about the hamstring issue that he was dealing with in the last match against Newcastle. Obviously, wasn't fit enough to make the trip to Paris. And so Bruno takes the armband 
and to go with Lindelof as the sweeper and then Luke Shaw and Alex Twanzebe beside him on either side. I, I, I thought that was a good call. And Twanzebe, I mean, I can't say enough about his performance. To play his first match in 10 months and say, here you go, Alex. Here's Mbappe and Neymar and Di Maria. Let's see what you can do. That, that was a 10 on 10 performance. I mean, especially him alongside uh, Aaron Juan Bissaka. When you have both of them able to cover for each other, I thought there were a, co- a couple of times where, you know, Mbappe was able to drift into space and Juan Bissaka just wouldn't give up and just was able to stick with him, get the, get that sliding tackle we know him for uh, at the right time. And those were some big plays as well. And, you know, key deflections at, at different times, inter- intercepted passes. And that was the other thing that impressed me in this match, just the way when United was able to gain possession when PSG was in the final third, they didn't just look to clear it out and defend. As you said, you know, that would have brought on PSG just having attack after attack after attack. They were able to have some really nice transitions and get the ball out. And one thing PSG did surprise me with is just how much space they afforded United. And I thought that was a big mistake when you you look at the caliber of their midfield, you look at the work rates you usually associate with Ander Herrera and Idris Agué. I, I expected a bit more in terms of pressing, even from the front three, just to make life more difficult. And that didn't happen. And I thought that's what sort of made United's life easier in that regard. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, let's not forget PSG were also missing some important players. They were missing Icardi. They were missing Verratti. I think those two would have made a big difference in the game today. Uh, it looked like they were playing a front three of uh, Neymar, Mbappe, and Di Maria. And you know what really impressed me was in our previous episodes, we talked about how when other teams overload our right-hand side, we potentially run into issues. Uh, when we play a high line against a pacey attack, we run into issues. Well, we got all of that in this game. We got Neymar and Mbappe really overloading that right-hand side with one uh, Bissaka having his hands full. But yep. he came out, he came out really well, man. Some of those slide tackles. I think the commentator even referred to him as his slithering legs. Um, <laughs> so he did a good job. I I don't even know where to begin when it comes to Axel uh, Twanzebe. He was just lights out. Twenty-two. Yeah, sorry, guy. Carl. I have, a, I have a bit of dyslexia, so I kept saying Alex. But thank <laughs> you for correcting me with the Axel. <laughs> no, no worries. You know what? Uh, he hasn't played for so long. It's easy to forget his name. But uh, first game of the calendar year, and man, oh man, I don't know if he's if he's gone to the gym and worked out. But he looks like a he looks like a big boy now, and mm-hmm. uh, he really he really ran through the gears on that uh, counter attack with Mbappe, where he kept up with him. That alone was impressive. Um, another person who was extremely impressive, and I would like to remind all those people who have been calling for him to to get axed, is David De Gea. Um, oh man, some critical saves, man, at the right times as well. Like just this was huge. vintage. This was a vintage performance from David De Gea. Uh, you think about the big saves he made. The one he had on Mbappe diving to his left. I mean the. That, that is him at his very best. And I think this is something that I was 
anticipating coming into the season because while a lot of people were criticizing and obviously the constructive criticism is perfectly acceptable he was well below par last season but to get to a point where Henderson has one good season and now you just want to cast De Gea aside that didn't make any sense to me and the reason I was excited for De Gea this season was because this was the first time in a while that he was going to come into the season knowing that there was pressure on him and knowing that there was real competition for his place and I've been reading about how he really took that to heart and he he knew he had to get better and so on top of just getting back to his best in terms of just goalkeeping and making saves, he's been putting a lot of work in to improve uh, with his feet and playing the ball out and being available higher on the pitch for United when they're in possession. And we saw that one goal kick to Anthony Marshall Mm -hmm. to tee up an amazing counter. Those are the type of things where... I, again, I'm not going to expect him to get to an Ederson level or, or an Allison level in terms of that. That's that's a lot to ask for because you they're just incredible at setting up Man City and Liverpool's respective attacks. But if he can make strides in that area of his game and return to the form we're accustomed to in terms of being a shot stopper, then there's no question for me he is the number one. Yeah, no, I would I would definitely agree. I think when he was at his high point, the one part of his game that he could improve upon was his distribution. And so you, you hit the nail on the head. If he's able to get more of those passes like he did to Martial today, uh, then we're talking we're talking about how long he can be number one as opposed to can he be number one, right? So that makes a big difference. And um, again, 29 for a goalkeeper is pretty young. Yeah, I mean, especially after... Did you see the news today about Peter Cech? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> emergency goalkeeper for Chelsea's uh, squad. That that was the, that took me back a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, especially considering he's been playing hockey, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw that way back where he went and played in, I think, the Russian League. Yeah, I definitely saw him. He was, he was involved in some hockey games. Uh, it didn't surprise me, but... Uh, nevertheless, uh, one person I wanted to ask you actually, what did you think of the Alex Tellers' debut? I thought he was solid. I think there were moments where you could see it was a debut and he wasn't trying to do too much and maybe be more adventurous. There were a couple of times where I thought for sure he was going to cross the ball, but he stayed patient and maintained possession. And maybe that was, again, part of the plan of just being the away team. But yeah, I thought he was solid. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was an extraordinary performance. But I think it was exactly what you want out of a debut, where you know he's just getting accustomed to the team. It's his first match, and he held his own. Uh, that that for me was a good sign in its, in itself. I liked that you know Solskjaer didn't ask too much of him by say for example putting him in Luke Shaw's role, where. He would have had more defensive responsibility. So yeah. for the role he had, I thought I thought he did well. What about you? Yeah, I think... Um, so one thing that I was happy about was he did take the corners uh, yes. from the set pieces. And uh, you could already see a, a difference in quality when you, you have both the left hand and the right hand side. 
mm-hmm. Scott McTominay had some really good chances because of the delivery. So I'm really uh, happy about that. I'm looking forward to us having more of a set-piece threat. Uh, I, I thought he had a steady debut. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't bad. Uh, so I agree with you. Just right in the middle there. Uh, you could see that there's still some chemistry that needs to be developed. There were a couple of times where Luke Shaw was getting into the position where Alex was supposed to be and there were there's a little bit of miscommunication, but that'll come over time. You can't expect too much from that. Um, were you surprised that Donny van der Beek didn't start? I have to be honest. I, I wasn't surprised that he didn't start. I was surprised he came on so late. But I feel like this is a pattern. And so I, I, I gave you what I thought in the last podcast where I feel like maybe this is some sort of message that, you know, maybe Ole wanted a center back and he's saying, why are you getting me someone in a position where I already have quite a few options? Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's some frustration on that end. But I think at the end of the day, you have him in your squad and he's a quality player who has made a difference every time he's come on. So for this PSG game, obviously you look at it, the plan he wanted to execute, okay, Van der Beek maybe doesn't fit into that. And so you can't complain about the result. So now you look ahead to the next match. But yeah, with with Van der Beek, I think it's going to be interesting to see how these next few fixtures play out because in terms of his patience as well, he'll say, okay, you know, first few games, maybe the boss thinks I have more to learn, more to get accustomed to. Now I'm getting these few chances. I'm making the most of them. I'm playing well. I'm still not getting more opportunity. At a certain point, he will be asking, you know, what is it going to take? And so that's where it's going to come down to Solskjaer's man management uh, and and just, you know, mentally as well, just managing the players. You, you brought up that point uh, before about saying the right things to your players to keep them invested mentally. And so that's going to be the challenge now for Ole uh, Pogba again, you know, 20, 20 plus minutes. So they, they, they must be in for a lot of minutes coming up. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, the optimist in me is uh, is just thinking that, OK, Ole is just, you know, resting some of these guys for the fixtures coming up with Chelsea, Leipzig, Arsenal. So uh, but then again, mm-hmm. you know what, with the performance like we had today, it's going to be hard to drop someone for some of those games now, right? So it'll be interesting. Ole's got some tough decisions, but some good tough decisions to make in the games to come. Yeah, and let me ask you this. Is, is there a decision to be made at all with Bruno taking penalties? He missed his... So people who missed the game, they won't. they probably won't see that Bruno missed... Uh, the penalty and he went back to his hop skip and jump and Keller Navas was able to make the save diving to his left it gets ordered to be retaken because Navas on the replay was shown to step off his line Bruno picks out the same spot this time he only does the hop there's no skip he does a run up then he does the hop and then he puts it puts it into the same corner that was very brave to go to the exact same spot I thought. And to me, you know, he's been too good right since he's arrived with the, with the penalties. So I would, I would need, I, I would definitely want a longer leash in terms of having him continue with the penalties. But what are your, what are your thoughts? Are you seeing anything that maybe he, is there any kind of tell 
with his penalties I right think, now? Uh, for me personally, I think that uh, if he keeps his penalties on the ground, uh, there's a much better chance of it going in. The penalties that I've seen, both the ones that have been saved, have been at a good height for the keeper. So maybe that's something I would watch out for if I'm his coach and telling him, hey, you know what, Bruno, if there's one thing you can work on, okay, it's hard to get it right in the corner every single time. But if, you, if you're if you not getting it, please try to keep it on the ground. That's, that's about the only thing I can tell him. Because uh, it's not like he's going right down the middle and it's like some bad penalties. At least he's hitting the target. But I agree with you. I think... I'd give him a longer leash. Um, I wouldn't have such a strict policy like what uh, Mourinho had in his time. If you miss one, you go go down to the bottom of the queue. Mm-hmm. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I mean, he he played well. It it looked for a period of time that he was shattered and needed to cut, come off, but he, it almost seemed like he got a second wind when once uh, Pogba came into into play. Yeah, no question. So let's get into the second half where. Again, United have a 1-0 lead going into halftime and the game is being played out the way they would like. And I thought part of that was because in defending Neymar, Mbappe and Di Maria, they sort of played a higher line and they challenged both Idris Ege and Ander Herrera to play those perfect balls uh, to, to sort of beat that line. And... Those are that's a role that those two are not accustomed to playing, and so it worked. It was it was a bit high risk because guess what? You if you get beat by a yard uh, by Neymar or Mbappe, there's probably no coming back, uh, and so it was a bit high risk. But they got the reward in the first half, and to counter that, they went to Neymar playing more central. They took off Idris Agye and they brought on Moise Keane. So Keane now goes up top. Mbappe is on the left and Neymar is playing more central. He's playing deeper. And so Neymar was able to link things up better, I thought. And you also had Kurzawa playing on the left where he was making those overlapping runs. And I thought for that period, the first 20 minutes or so of the second half, PSG were definitely the better side and could have probably scored more than one. I mean, the fact that they got one off an own goal is almost a bit of a disservice to how well they played. And then again, Solskjaer makes the adjustment where he brings on uh, Pogba. And and so I thought that made a big difference because they shifted out of the 5-3-2 into the traditional 4-4-2. Do you think that do you think that Pogba the introduction of Pogba made us play a little deeper than than what we were playing before? Possibly a little bit, uh, but I think it allowed them to have more players who could carry the ball in the central positions and lead them out of it. And so, did you have? Were you worried with our high line? It was a risk for sure. I was I was I was definitely concerned. I mean, the 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 fact that there were uh, those again a couple of times where it looked like uh, Mbappe had leaked out, and whether it was Juan Bissaka or Twanzebe being able to actually keep up with him, I thought that was impressive. But I I was definitely concerned about it. But you know when when you have those two defending the way they did, 
Lindelof ready to clean things up and uh, David De Gea in in peak form, it's going to work out in your favor, and it did on this night. Yeah, I I was I was uh, I was really nervous when I saw how high a line we were playing because I was afraid of that ball over the top. Mm-hmm. I think Di Maria found some a couple of times, but I I think that we're not we're not playing that strategy if if Harry Maguire is in the team just because the the few times that they did have an attack down their right hand side so our left hand side I could I could see Lindelof already struggling and so I think PSG actually missed a trick there they went so far so much of their attacks came down our right hand side with Juan Bissaka and Tuan Zebe, which was our strength especially when it came to pace yeah I think if they had tried going the other way a little bit more knowing that Tellez was new to the team and Shaw and Tellez don't have that link up, Lindelof is pretty slow, I think they would have got a lot more out of the game. But um, that's for that's for PSG fans to, to discuss and mm-hmm. uh, for them to feel bad. I'm not feeling too bad about that, but uh, I'll take it. I'll definitely take it. Yeah, no question. And again, we should mention that Pogba came on for Tellez. So with the 4-4-2, it was a diamond where... Bruno was up top. You had Pogba on the left, Fred on the right. And again, Fred, really solid performance. Uh, can't... He actually looked like a Brazilian player. <laughs> the second yeah, 45 no minutes. Yeah. And again, he was one of those uh, one of those players for United who, again, when they were able to break up PSG in the final third, he was leading them out as opposed to just kicking the ball away. And one of those occasions, Marcus Rashford was mad at him for not releasing the ball quickly enough but i think there was plenty for marcus rashford to be mad at himself until he scored that goal and 100 there were a couple of times where he had the ball on breakaways and the first one you had abdu diallo on marshall anticipating the pass playing him for playing rashford for the pass and Rashford plays the pass anyway when he's wide open through on goal. And he should yeah. just be shooting the ball. Then he makes a terrible pass. Then another time he's through on goal and he takes one touch too many and Navas is able to get out to him and it goes out for a corner. And you're thinking as it go, as the match goes on, it's just not his night. I was almost wondering, hey, at what point do you try you know, Cavani? or uh, I mean... These are the things you look at. And he comes up with the biggest moment of the match where, you know, Pogba does nicely to, you know, look for some space. And Rashford, to his credit, despite his struggles, was demanding the ball and matched up against Kimpembe. He makes a nice turn, sets up the shot and rifles it into the bottom corner. Yeah, I, I think the you know sometimes we we talk about just being mentally strong and looking for those characters in the squad, and over the past few years United has been lacking something like that. So I thought it was very impressive from Rashford, despite the performance until that point, uh, the confidence he had in himself. It almost reminded me of uh, the sharpshooters, three pointers in basketball, where they might be having a, a terrible game. But come down the stretch, they're demanding the ball because they know they can knock it down, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that was that was extremely impressive. I was happy for him. Uh, he's probably getting some of that confidence from 
from when he was last in Paris and he he banged in that penalty in the whatever it was 95th minute or something so <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure he had some good memories from that well uh, i guess he can add some more good memories to his collection yeah no question and you know it's funny because up until the goal we, we we've been doing this you know back on boot and i thought because of how well everyone was playing he was probably the best candidate for it and that goal kind of changes the narrative of his performance so i'm looking at it and thinking hey you know what maybe the beckham boot should go to someone on the opposition and for me abdu diallo opened the door for united just right from the get-go the way he was defending i was like united can get a goal here or two or three mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh he was a clear weak link united definitely uh made a point of you know i think setting up opportunities and frankly when you when you look at this match it was it basically came down to those one-on-one situations that were set up right david Gea made some big saves on, on some occasions juan bisaka made some big uh sliding tackles uh on some occasions tuan zebe came through and on the other end, Keller Navas made his share of saves. But mm-hmm. you look at, again, that, that penalty that was conceded uh, on Marshall. It was such a bad foul. It was so unnecessary. Marshall's got his back to goal, makes the turn. He's, uh, he's on the. He's going nowhere. He's going nowhere. He's going away from goal yeah, at that point. It was a gift. And so you can't make mistakes like that in the Champions League. You usually get punished for it. Bruno eventually punished them for it. And yeah, for me, the second time of asking, yeah, yeah. And so for me, the Beckham boot uh, will go to Diallo. Yeah, no, no complaints there. The I, I definitely was on the same wavelength as you. I thought so. I would have said the Beckham boot, where you know you need to kick up the arse, uh, not so much being dropped from the team, Mm -hmm. would have gone to Rashford until he scored that goal. So uh, he 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 reprieved himself. Uh, if it wasn't Diallo, the only other person I w- would have considered giving it to would have been the PSG coach, uh, Thomas Toiko. Mm. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name right, but um, I thought he, he made some uh, puzzling decisions uh, with the way he lined up. And so I think he could have been a little bit more aggressive, particularly because he was playing at home and they had just lost the Champions League final. So I thought they would have something to prove. So that was a little surprising for me, to be honest. So that's those would have been the candidates for me when it came to the Beckham boot. So we've got the Beckham boot. Who, who would you have for the cancer caller? Man, this is a really, really tough one. Uh, I was thinking about it. I was like, okay, there's Fred, there's Twanzebe, there's David De Gea. Who do I pick? Uh, at the end of the day, I think I'm going to pick Axel Twanzebe. Just because he didn't play in the 2020 calendar year until today. Uh, He was out injured for a long period of time. It's not easy to come into a game where you're going against arguably two of the top five players in the world in Mbappe and Neymar, right? So to come in, it was also raining. It's pretty slick surface. So it's quite easy to make a mistake, easy to slip. And despite all of that, he was able to keep his composure and really had pace to burn. Uh, so Twanzebe for me would have, would be my candidate. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, 
all three are perfectly good. Who you mentioned between Twan Zebe and Fred and David Gea. And I just think because of the fact that he was stepping into this situation after 10 months of not playing to deliver the way he did, I'm perfectly happy to give him that Cantona collar and he can flip that up as high as he wants after this performance. I, I do have a question for you though, because we've spoken before about the combination of Maguire and Lindelof going up against pace and the difficulties they face in that. Is there a lesson here for Ole when they're going up against genuine raw pace in the future from what he was able to accomplish tonight? Yes, I think so. I think you kind of also read my mind. That was going to be one question I was going to have for you uh, at the end of our podcast in terms of who should our starting lineup be for the game against Chelsea? <laughs> uh, if if, if Tonzebe is fit, um, he's starting with Harry Maguire for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I know it's early days and you know what? He's a young guy. Okay, wait till he makes a mistake. What are you going to do then? But I see real potential in him. He's a big, strong lad. Uh, something we need. He He didn't have any indecisive moments. He either went for it or he communicated, which is extremely important for a central defender. Uh, Lindelof, I don't see him as a leader at the back. I think he's a uh, he can be a good follower, but he definitely needs someone next to him with good pace. So um, I don't know if I answered your question, but Tuanzebe for me, really impressive. He should play against Chelsea. No, I'm with all that. And the other thing I would add is that there was genuine chemistry between him and Juan Bissaka. And... When you're looking at Juan Bissaka as the long-term right-back, if you're looking to have someone on that right side alongside him for to step in after that long and show that instant chemistry with him, because I think they have an uh, understanding for each other's athletic ability. And so they, mm-hmm. they know when to time certain things. And I thought that showed in this match. I, I, I think that's a good pairing on the right side. And, you know, Another question is how the pairing is between him and Maguire, right? But I, I definitely think he's earned the chance to uh, at least get a look at that. And obviously, we have, we have to see now if Maguire is even fit for Chelsea. So uh, the door might be open for him. Who's your, who's your long stuff long shot? Yeah, so I mean, obviously, with a team like PSG, there's 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 very few unknowns <laughs> to really step up to the plate. But I, I think for me, no question, it'd be Kurzawa. And you look at his performance. I thought bombing down that left side, it 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 was a real boon to PSG's attack, especially in that second half where I thought they changed things up, and uh, you had Neymar sort of as the table setter, and then they were really able to unleash Mbappe's pace. I, I I thought he was someone that made a difference, could have made a bigger difference uh, on some runs. And it wasn't just the overlapping runs. It was at times where when he'd notice Neymar and Mbappe linking up on that left side, he'd go darting right through the middle and taking a man with him. So I thought that was really intelligent play from him as well. So... Uh, he would he would be my long staff long shot someone who maybe you know going in you wouldn't expect to be too much of a threat or at least uh, you know w- when you consider the threats that PSG have between 
Neymar and Mbappe and Di Maria, uh, th- th- those are he would he'd be uh, lesser of a concern. And so I thought he made himself a real threat in this match. And uh, you know, maybe maybe he could have done more defensively. If there's a point to criticize, that that's something again when uh, I talked about just the openness that United had when they were in possession. Uh, again, you know, does that go to Thomas Tuchel as a criticism of how he had them set up? Or is that maybe just an energy thing? Because I thought one big thing that stood out to me was United were definitely the tougher team. They were winning the 50-50 balls. And there were those certain plays where, you know, it, you, you come to expect it from two specific players on, on PSG. But over and over, I thought there were those 50-50 balls where while one one side of the op- one side is sort of on the ground hoping for a foul the other side is just getting on with it and trying to advance the play yeah no i, I agree with you i think united definitely from a physicality standpoint they were taller than the opposition and they made that known i thought the ref also did a good job in keeping the game flowing mm-hmm. sometimes players on both sides were were falling a little easily and he didn't fall for that and he just kept it moving he didn't take any nonsense from Neymar, showed him a yellow card early on in the game, and that seemed to set him straight. So that was that was well refed. I agree with you on the long stuff. Uh, uh, I think he, uh, Kurzawa, was, was, the, was the best player. That was the unknown, so to speak. I know probably for people that watch League One, it's probably no surprise to them, but I thought he did a, an awesome job. The fact that he was bombing down so frequently on the left and still had to get back and defend I thought he did an admirable job um, uh, because he also had Rashford who was coming down that right and he's no slouch either, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so I thought overall, like, yeah, long stuff, long shot should go to Kurzawa as well. Now, I think we can look ahead a little bit. October 24th is Chelsea and they've had some issues of their own to start the season. It seems like when their attack shows up, their defense doesn't. When the defense shows up, their attack doesn't. What have you seen in these last two matches uh, to hint towards how you would go and line up against Chelsea? So I was actually watching the Chelsea game against Southampton, and there's one thing that I noticed, um, and it looks like Chelsea and United both have the same issue. When 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 there's an attack coming down either wing, right, and Chelsea's defending, uh, what seems to happen is if a you know, whether it's a right back, left back, or the wingers, cut the ball back 45 degrees. The defenders who are coming back are a little slow. And which means that if our midfielders want it badly enough, there's a shot that's always on from the edge of the box. And I feel like we actually had the same issue as well. So uh, that's one thing I'll be looking to exploit. So if I'm if I'm the manager, if I'm Ole, I'm telling uh, Bruno and, you know, even if it's Fred and McTominay, start, McTominay starting, hey, you know what, make those runs, get on the edge of the box because you're most likely going to get a shot, right? And and that's a little bit of an easier cross as well for one Bissaka to hit. So that's one thing that I'll be looking for. If I'm, um, if I'm United, I'm making sure that Chelsea, their main threats, obviously Timo Werner showed what he can do. Uh, you have Havertz on one side. You've got Pulisic potentially on the other side if he's not injured. So which isn't too... Uh, dissimilar from the way PSG is set up, right? Because they had Di Maria and then they had Neymar or Mbappe coming from either side. So I won't be surprised if uh, Ole employs the same formation, to be honest with you. Uh, 
what do you think? You think Ole's number one is he going to stick with the same team, and number two, do you think he's going to play the same formation? I would be a bit surprised if he showed that much respect for Chelsea's attack and went again with the five three two. Uh, I I would uh, I would I would maybe like to see a bit more of what we saw in the second half with the four four two and the diamond, and I think that is something that would be intriguing against Chelsea. Again, I like the pairing of Rashford and Martial together up top. And I think between Bruno at the top of the diamond, and then, you know, you, you look on the left side, I, 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 I don't, I wouldn't expect Van de Beek to start. I, I just feel like that's been the pattern so far. So I, I wouldn't look at that. But I thought Fred, again, was re- really good on the right side. So maybe he gets that look. But maybe, you know, Solskjaer is looking and saying, he's given me all these minutes. Now it's his turn to rest. That, that That's going to be the most interesting part going into this Chelsea match, right? How much of these first two matches of uh, this congested fixture list that we have now was squad rotation? And how much of it was just going with the players that he wants? Yeah, I think if Harry Maguire is fit, he's coming straight back into the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And something tells me that Axel's probably going to have to make way for him. I do not think that Tellez is going to start again. I, I think like two games in short succession might be a little too much for him. So yeah. I won't be surprised if, if Ole goes back to a back four at the back. Uh, so Shaw, Harry, Lindelof, and uh, Wan Bissaka. Would you go four two three one or four four two? I th- I would actually go the four four two, but the four midfield would be a diamond. Mm-hmm. The the question is, and I think I'm starting to see a pattern here. Uh, I don't think Ole trusts Pogba when it comes to doing the defensive side of the right of the of the the business, and that's why he knows he can trust Scott and Fred. Mm-hmm. So. It'll be interesting to see if he does play Pogba, uh, what kind of formation he does play. Because uh, Chelsea are a threat going forward, but defensively, they, they're a bit of a mess. Uh, I would definitely target uh, Zuma. Um, I think he, he he's good with the ball in the air, but when the ball's on the ground, if Martial and Rashford continue to make some of those runs, then we could be, could be in business. So uh, if I were to predict a score... And I'm going to be asking you for your prediction as well. Wow, a score prediction. Uh, okay. Uh, I would I would go with a... Uh, I can't see this being clean sheets on either side. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is either going to be a, a 2-1 or a, a 3-2 for, for United. I'm actually going to go with... Not to, not to go with a sitting on the fence option, but I'm going to go with a 2-2 draw. I don't know if there's enough to separate these two sides yet. Uh, looking back on that match against Southampton, they played uh, Chelsea played a four two three one in that match, and it looks like you know Timo Werner is really hitting his stride now. So that that is something to be wary of. And Maguire, I don't know what his fitness is like. I I would love for United to maintain this momentum that they have now with the wins over Newcastle and PSG, but uh, yeah, I, I I think we're looking at a High scoring draw. Fair enough. Let's see. Uh, it all depends on who he's starting. The more and more I think about it, actually, 
with Werner playing the way he is and running at that back four, I thought Scott and Fred gave good protection. So I won't be surprised if they start again. So I know I'm flip-flopping a bit, but uh, <laughs> Ole has really got uh, got me in a tangle, I would say. And and again, just based off this PSG match, the challenge that Solskjaer laid out to Ander Herrera and Idris Aguirre to play those balls, Jorginho is someone who's perfectly capable of playing those balls. So mm-hmm. that that is that again. What's that? I said he did that against Southampton. He played that ball over the top, and that was a fantastic ball. A lot of people might think that he just was a hit and hope, but no, he actually planned that ball. And Werner was smart enough to continue to make that run, gave the defender all sorts of problems heading that. So I completely agree with you. Yeah. So that so that again, you know, is something you have to think about, especially if you go to the high line again. So, you know, I, I think that pretty much covers it. For today, is there anything else that you wanted to touch on before we wrap up here? No, just just super happy with the effort that the team showed. Hopefully, they can carry that momentum. Yep. And then uh, we have a good game for us on the 24th. Absolutely. Coming up this Saturday, that's when we'll catch you next. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, and let us know what you think so far, what we can change up, what we can do. This is obviously something that we're starting fresh. And so all your feedback is welcome. We're also on Twitter, right? We're on Twitter. Uh, you can follow at Red Couch Manx for all the latest on United and our takes. So yeah, just follow us everywhere and give us those ratings so we can keep doing this. <laughs> I love this game! <laughs>